0: On this week's show, my special guest and co-host is Alex from The Contrarians. We got together and discussed our favorite raunchy sex comedies. You can find Alex and his partner Julio at The Contrarians. Make sure to look for all of their information in this week's show notes. Welcome to another episode of Two Peas. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into another episode of Two Peas on A Podcast. I'm so glad that you joined us again this week. And it's exciting for me because i got another first-time guest. I've had a run lately of first-time guests. I've had a couple regulars pop up here and there. But the last couple months, has been a lot of first-timers. And I've been listening to this guy's show for a while. And his partner has been on a few times on The Peas, Mr. Julio. But this time around, I've got the other half of the contrarians on the show. Alex, what's up, man? Welcome to The Peas. How are you doing, brother?
1: I am doing Doing well, Gerald, uh, thank you for having me. It's a scorching week so far in Austin, Texas, but uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't rather be anywhere else than here right now, discussing the topic that we're going to tackle. And, uh, I had a lot of fun prepping for this, so I'm, I'm just I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, man. Yeah. Speaking of the topic, you know, I, I like for my guests to come up with the topic whenever possible because you know I've done almost 200 of these, and at a point I just kind of go, I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, you did come up with the topic that we're discussing tonight so why don't you tell everyone that's listening what we're going to be counting down tonight and then kind of also give like your kind of definition of it
1: absolutely so the topic I came up with was uh top five sex comedies or uh, Gerald kind of refined it into raunchy comedies um definitely Mm -hmm. a a genre of the 80s and 90s kids I mean we had a couple dip in the toe in the 70s and and even you know you go back to the, the 50s some of the Marilyn Monroe movies by today's standards would be considered raunchy or by those standards excuse Mm. me so uh but definitely kind of similar to the slasher movies that i'm a big fan of sex comedies really peaked uh in the 80s and 90s and um at the turn of the millennium those early 2000s man that there was some the type of movies that to people who weren't alive during that time or weren't of a certain age at that time can't really appreciate their impact or even like just how funny they are
0: Um, right right that it's funny you said that because that's something i was going to mention too it's like if you weren't around or at least of an adult age watching that shit when it came out and you watch it now you might go oh my god they release this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you know but at the time it was in some cases it seemed tame you know depending on where you were in your life if you were in college or whatever so a- i agree with you it's crazy how some of these are time capsules you know
1: absolutely I- i'm assuming if your list is anything like mine there'll be a couple where i have to say uh yeah this part of it probably wouldn't play too well today but at the time it was you know it, <laughs> right. it was funny uh, yeah but similar to slasher movies they're a genre that i have kind of an affinity for i mean i was 14 when jackass was at its zenith uh you know i was 13 mm-hmm. kind of of when Tom Green was doing his thing. And so mm-hmm. it's um, of that generation, you know, we had the American Pies, the Saving Silverman. Uh, I mean, we are a generation of Jason Biggs. We have knowledge of who Jason Biggs is. And that right there yeah. like, p- paints the picture you need to know.
0: Um, yeah, that should tell you a thing or two right there, yeah, for sure. Well, let me ask you though. So, because you said sex comedies, which mm-hmm. I, I get it. I knew exactly what you were talking about when you pitched it to me. I kind of narrowed it down to raunchy comedies. Mm-hmm. Now, when you were coming up with your list, when you were compiling your top five, what what was the criteria that had to exist for it to make the cut for you? Was there any specific like part of the narrative that had to apply?
1: Yes. So, number one, sex comedy, raunchy comedy, when we're talking about the best of the best, uh, number one, you gotta have an R rating. Uh, I know a lot of mm-hmm. people when they hear you know raunchy comedy, teen comedy, that type of thing, uh, a lot of people throw out Can't Hardly Wait or Saving Silverman, both amazing movies in their own right, but they don't qualify for my specific criteria. You gotta have the, the the hard R rating, because that's really what pushes the bounds of it. Um, there has to be a character in the movie who's motivated like their sole purpose driven forward is to get laid in some capacity. That's something mm-hmm. I always there look for go. in these movies. And little things mm-hmm. that don't hurt uh are the the raunchy sidekick, the really crass sidekick. Uh, you know, that, that always helps well. Um but it's really sure. it's really just about the sex driven, the hard R, and most importantly, the centerpiece of any good raunchy comedy, or as you know, I call them sex comedy. I think we can just use those terms interchangeably. The soundtrack. The soundtrack plays yeah. an enormous part in these, and that's something you know. Hula and I have talked about on the Contrarian several times. Is the whole art of the soundtrack seems to have been completely lost in the past fifteen years, and right. that these teen comedies, because they were all about also marketing these music towards the people that are going to see had like there are also time capsules in that aspect the music in them a lot of times is indicative of the era The best ones, though, as we'll talk about, they kind of reach out. But yeah, that's kind of my criteria for it.
0: Well, I'm kind of in line with you then, and I was a little concerned if we would take the same (laughs) approach. But yeah, for me, I didn't really think about the rating, but I just pulled my list up, and I have five honorables as well. And all ten of mine are rated R. Mm -hmm. So luckily, I did meet that criteria, too, kind of inadvertently, but still I did meet that criteria. But yeah, for me, it was just like, is sex or getting laid at the center of the narrative? Mm -hmm. You know, Is it like part of what's driving the plot forward? Is it one? or maybe multiple characters that are trying to get laid yes and if that's if that's the plot of the movie then to me it's a sex comedy or a raunchy comedy uh, Obviously when you throw in the dick jokes and you know the <laughs> crass humor uh, then that just kind of adds to that element as well and there's a lot of that mixed in throughout my list too so I think you and I are pretty much on the same page now with that being said, now how, how old are you I'm gonna be 46 this year how old are you? Uh,
1: I just turned 34 so I guess there will be a little bit of a
0: S- differential. So, do you think? What do you think? Without giving away any titles, what do you think for crossover? You think we'll have a lot of crossover? Or uh, I, a couple. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I think there's one that is so ubiquitous by everyone's standards that I would be surprised if we didn't both have it somewhere in our top ten. Sometimes I get crazy and I leave those off though. So I, I do too. But <laughs> I, I, like it was, I do that sometimes. It was one I looked at. and I'm like, there's just no way. Like it, people w- it would take the contrarian thing. They would think I've taken it too far to not include it. So I had.
0: All right. Well, we'll see what you gotta do then, man. I'm gonna let you get us started, Alex. What is your number five raunchy sex comedy?
1: Uh so real quick, I had a disclaimer to throw out there, and that is that uh I view knocked up and forgetting Sarah Marshall as romantic comedies, and a lot of people throw those mm-hmm. in the raunchy comedy. And anyone who's talked to me, and like I know Julio will listen to this, he knows how much I love knocked up, so not gonna be in there. Just wanted to throw that out to to get us started. But uh, All right, interesting, interesting. Okay. So number five is gonna take us back to nineteen 19- 1996, uh, and the future Academy Award winner, Peter Farley. Uh, we're going with Woody Harrelson
0: and Randy Quaid in Kingpin. Oh, good one, man. I haven't seen this in forever, dude. Talk a little bit about this one. It was a great pick.
1: Uh, so, Fairley Brothers definitely hit their stride in the 90s. Dumb and Dumber is, you know, timeless by the standards of anyone raised in the 90s. But Kingpin hits so many good beats of that era in that, you know, you have Vanessa Angel, who's the, I wouldn't really call her heroine, but she's the object of the desire in it. Uh, Uh, blonde hair, big chest, you know... uh her acting is it varies in range on that in the movie, but it's exactly what it needs to be. You have uh, Rob Moran, who's like the a perennial that guy from the nineties, who plays the bad guy in it. And then Woody Harrelson right. and Randy Quaid, the, the comedy in this movie uh is it ranges from blatantly raunchy and funny to just kind of lines that five minutes later make you laugh. There's a part in it, Woody Harrelson's character's name is Roy Munson, and they're at like staying at a hotel outside of Reno or some shit, and he's like flossing. In in the mirror and randy quaid goes what are you doing and he goes Flossin. he goes Flossin where the hell did i get munson it's just lines like that <laughs> that are so stupid and make me laugh uh, right yeah. but the, the big thing like I said the soundtrack in this that's you've got ELO Showdown Disco Inferno and then Music of the Time you have Superman by Goldfinger playing in it uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's one of those I've rewatched in later years and just uh, it kind of flies under the radar in terms of how good the acting in, in it too is like Woody Harrelson there's scenes in it where you're like oh yeah he's a great actor and uh, right. I mean and Randy Quaid hitting his stride as a comedic actor It's it's a good one sure. it's a hidden gem I think in a lot of aspects
0: it is and it does fly under the radar a little bit with some other, you know, movies that are kind of comparatively like it uh, from that era. But I love it, man. I just haven't seen it in so long. I don't have (laughs) vivid memories of it, but it's a great movie and I remember loving it so much. So that's your number five, Kingpin. Mm -hmm. My number five, man, might be a bit of a surprise, okay? But this falls into the category of what we're talking about, I I believe. And I was kind of messing around with the order pretty much all day today and I didn't know what I was going to settle on and this one finally ended up falling at my number five. But I also love it for kind of its revolutionary, Kind of groundbreaking, uh, like kind of change to the genre. Now it came much later because it's from 2011, but it's uh, *Bridesmaids* is my number five. Academy Award nominated. Now, Academy Award nominated *Bridesmaids*, but this is an all female, well, mostly an all female cast. At least the you know main players are all female, and we have a very similar kind of like you know. I don't want to give away any titles that might come up on your list, but you know, like the *Hangover* type movies where it's you know these dudes just kind of living it up on you know a vacation or in that particular case in Vegas or whatever. And we see that narrative play out so many times. I mean, you mentioned, you know, the 70s and 80s and 90s. It was like, I mean, there's probably a 100,000 movies that follow a very similar plot to Bridesmaids, but it's all dudes. So here we have these women who are empowering. I mean, I love Kristen Wig coming off of her Saturday Night Live fame and this, she's so good in this man, such a darling. And she's the one that's trying to get laid in Bridesmaids. You know, she's the one that's kind of down on her luck and she falls for the Irish actor, I can't remember his name. For Chris O'Dowd. Right now, um, Chris O'Dowd. That's right. And she falls for him. He's a cop in the, in their town, and so it's kind of like told through her lens a little bit but I also love Rose Byrne and she's you know found her match and she's getting married so it also becomes this really cool tale of friendship between these main girls and the world got introduced to Melissa McCarthy in this role I mean yeah. she freaking like some of the best physical comedy that you'll see is her in this movie in Bridesmaids so yeah I love it a lot of Maya Rudolph I mean just a lot of female actresses that I love so much and I love how it kind of flipped the genre on its on its side a little bit because we're going to be talking about a lot that you know it kind of took that formula but it It told it from a female Mm -hmm. perspective which I really thought was fresh and innovative and uh, I love this movie so it's my number five what do you think of this one man?
1: Uh, I think one of the things from the female perspective something that's always tickled me about the uh, Bridesmaids is Tim Heidecker's in it and doesn't have one line so you know you kind of have I I don't want to say he's like a mainstream comedian by any aspect but you have someone that people know for being so loud and just extremely animated and so to have him like in such a restrained position I thought that was kind of ingenious casting um yeah I've gone back and forth on Bridesmaids a lot. Uh, there's, I really liked it when it came out. I saw it again, and I was like, hey, it wasn't that good, and then I saw it again, and I, the, the dynamic between Rose Byrne and Kristen Wiig is just awesome, and uh, it's, some, mm-hmm. I think that's something that when the movie first came out, and I was in my early 20s versus watching it in my early 30s, I relate to the dynamic between those two so much more, having more life experience and whatnot, and uh, mm-hmm. I think it's a really good blend of good storytelling, good acting, still mixing in. I mean, there's scat humor and shit throughout it, so it definitely hits a, a fine balance of it. And it's hilarious. Yeah, it's I mean, for best original screenplay.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a scene where, you know, my Rudolph takes a shit in the street. So <laughs> <laughs> in a wedding dress, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. So Bridesmaids, my number five, and we're back over to you for your four, man. What do you got?
1: Number four. No way. I could not include this. It is the 2007. I believe Greg Matola directed this super bad starring Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah. This movie. Mm-hmm. I was dead center in the middle of my run of college when this movie came out and i actually got to go to an advanced screening that paramount housed at one of the local movie theaters it was um okay we had a theater there called the movie tavern which was basically like a mom and pop version of the draft house uh in terms of it was just like the only one in the area and you could just go there and drink and watch movies and paramount housed an advanced screening i think Two months before it came out. And um, 2007 was also right before phones became more than just texting and calling. So it was still that time period where no one was on their phone. And just seeing it in a sold out theater of like people my age and just people, you know, legitimately losing it, throwing popcorn up in the air out of laughter, it's a very cherished memory I have. With all that being said, this movie is still just fucking hilarious. And to me, one of the, like, oh, it is. the definite pinnacles of the genre. And also, kind of with that bridesmaid vein of kind of the last of its kind before... And I'm not saying this is a bad thing at all, but the whole being more aware of how certain people can interpret dialogue you have in a movie and stuff like that, because there's definitely mm-hmm. lines in super bad that wouldn't play today. But Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, their dynamic is just phenomenal. Jonah Hill is at his most obnoxious best. I mean, oh, he's good. good. This yeah. movie introduced us to um, Fogel. I, I can't remember his full name, but it's a it's a threefer. He's got the the threefer name. And
0: uh, are you talking about uh, Christopher Mintz-Plasse? There we go. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I mean, he went on to do other things but it's like such an iconic role that everyone just oh, sees yeah. him as mclovin he's,
0: oh he's mclovin forever yeah i like when he's like well you look like aladdin you know when he's wearing the <laughs> vest or whatever that's the <laughs> one it's that shit like that that's the one that got all the play uh, on like the tv spots and shit
1: but would the follow-up uh, when jonah hill scampers off and then michael Sarah turns to him he's like seriously take off the vest you look like uh no no, no jonah hill says you look like <laughs> pinocchio <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's good man and then they're getting ready later and jonah I think it's Jonah Hill is like or no it was Michael Sarah was like, Nobody's gotten a hand job and cargo shorts since Nam. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The, yeah there's so many little touches in that like Michael Sarah, when they're getting ready is playing the getaway and he just throws the controller down he's like why would they make a game if you can't beat it and I remember how hard that game was so that that was great yeah yeah. and I mean yeah we got Emma Stone uh, it was one of the first big introductions to Bill Hader on a big scale like that and um,
0: mm-hmm, yeah. yeah him and Seth Rogen were gold together in that movie man
1: absolutely and like I said I got to yeah. bring it back to also the soundtrack you had uh, Marvin Gaye in there you had um,
0: Stranglehold by Ted
1: Nugent you had Big Papa by biggie i mean it, van halen van halen that's oh that was in the yeah. trailer i forgot that's the one i forgot about yeah. but, um and then also it's being the, shit, the undeclared mark that i am seeing carla gallo and it made me happy
0: oh yeah for sure all right so Superbad's a great pick man it's actually one that i considered but it uh barely missed the cut for my list but i, I you're right man that movie's so hilarious and anytime i watch it i literally laugh even though i know every joke that's coming so it's just a great movie man mm. now my number four is another one that falls in that category where i can't get enough of this movie i seen it probably 50 times and I literally laugh my ass off every single time especially at certain scenes it's definitely raunchy it's definitely got that sex drive at the center of the two main characters in the film and and one of these one of these actors just tends to pop up in a lot of these types of movies and I'm going to actually be mentioning him a little bit later too but it's 2005's Wedding Crashers nice with Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. God damn, man. This movie cracks me up. I've mentioned this movie many times on my show before, actually, but the scene where he's getting jerked off under the table, (laughs) like it feels so good when he makes us laugh. (laughs) (laughs) There is no way I can watch that scene without just dying in laughter. It is so funny the way Vince Vaughn sells it. It's just tremendous physical acting, and it's written so well, too. You've got supporting roles in here for some icons like Jane Seymour, Christopher Walken. We kind of get introduced in a Roundabout way to Bradley Cooper in this movie, a sack, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of the kind of the villain of the movie. Rebecca De Mornay is in here. Um, you know, she had a big place in my heart in the '80s, of course. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's a great movie, man. And I heard they're doing a sequel, so I'm kind of excited for that. I mean, you, you think a sequel, you know, 20 years removed from the original, might not be a good idea, but I don't know if it, if the humor's the same. I say let's do it, <laughs> let's bring it on because I love Vince Vaughn. He, I've always been such a huge fan of his. He cracks me up, and I, I've come around to Owen Wilson too. And the two of them together. I feel like it's just undefeated, man. It's just, uh, it's one of my favorite comedies, period, but it definitely falls in this category. is one of my favorites, too. So, Wedding Crashers for me is my number four. What do you think, man?
1: Uh, it's a great one. It, it just barely missed the cut. Um, Rachel McAdams reminds everyone that she's like a generational talent in that movie because it's a comedy, but she mm-hmm. still is just impeccable in everything she does. Um, yeah. Christopher Walken's great. The scene in that movie that I quote the most is Will Ferrell's cameo. Uh, I got her at a funeral yesterday. <laughs> me a (laughs) Her boyfriend died in a hang gliding accident. What an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You mentioned Owen Wilson, though. He has, it's such a stupid throwaway joke, but it's my favorite joke in that movie of the montage where everyone's like, you know, his life's in disarray. And it's the voiceover of Vince Vaughn calling him and he gets his voicemail. And he's like, this is John, whatever. Peace.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's good, man. It's it's a story of friendship, but you got the dick humor, you got the like sex jokes, and then obviously they're hitting these weddings trying to get laid. I mean, that's the whole premise of the movie. And what happens when you end up falling in love with one of these targets? You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, if it's Rachel McAdams, of course you're falling in love with her. I mean, you know, yeah, who wouldn't? It's, so it's
1: evidence what, of what you can, what those movies can be when you have a cast of extremely talented actors
0: and actresses. Yeah, no doubt. All right, man. So Wedding Crashers for me falls at my four, which. Uh, Uh, Swings us back over to you, Alex, for your three. What do you got, buddy?
1: Okay, so keeping, I guess, kind of on the constant of uh, Wedding Crashers there, we're bringing Isla Fisher into the picture more at the the forefront, which would be 2012's Bachelorette, which um, this is a movie that, i am just crazy about we did a patron episode for this um the reason we didn't do it for our show proper uh, we kind of something we do on our show is just about the premises of movies and there's certain aspects to the plot of this that um i told Julio. i was like i'm not really comfortable like joking about bulimia or anything eating disorders and stuff like that so let's just save this for when we can just do like our real thoughts on it um -hmm. bachelorette is incredible it's uh, unfortunately it was very quickly just said that it was them trying to make a female hangover, uh, because it's a three piece. It's uh, Kirsten Dunst, Isla Fisher and Lizzie Kaplan.
0: Uh, honestly, wow. I love all those actresses. I hate to interrupt you. I love all those actresses. I feel like I vaguely like remember hearing about this movie, but I don't think I've ever seen this. I don't think, but talk about it a little bit. I don't think I've seen it. Yeah. So it was by a, a one-time director,
1: if I'm not mistaken, uh, Leslie Hedlund, who, uh, th- it was based on a play she wrote and, uh, so it's a completely female-guided vehicle. Um, there is just the similarity of it's these three women getting together. They're going to see their best friend get married. Their best friend is played by... Um Rebel Wilson, and it's basically the three of them are just in all these different parts of their lives. Uh, There's some heavy shit in this movie. There's some heavy monologues, some really, really heavy scenarios. James Marsden's in it, who is probably the most unsung hero of the raunchy comedy genre, having really only this and sex drive to his name, but he is just phenomenal in both of these. Um, Mm -hmm. You got Adam Scott in there. It's, It's a very touching movie. And it turns a lot of the um, kind of what we're talking about with Bridesmaids, a lot of the the stereotypical tropes for these movies on their head, because, Mm -hmm. you know, the character who's looking to get laid is Lizzie Kaplan. Like she's on the prowl and it's uh, it's. I try not to give too much about it away when I present it to someone because it's 90 minutes. It's really easy to watch, but it's yeah, I need to super see underrated.
0: I need to watch this. Did you ever see uh, the Star Series Party Down? By the way, Party Where Down is, is phenomenal. Calvin? Yeah. Oh, fucking love that show, man. Yeah, she's 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 uh, always been one of my favorites. She was in True Blood too on HBO. Yeah. And but yeah, I, and Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst. I'm always been a huge fan of. I love her. She's one of my favorite actresses. I don't know why I haven't seen this, but I do feel like I've heard about her. or I've seen the poster or something like that. I guess it maybe it was under marketed. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say?
1: Oh absolutely it was one of those two it just seemed like everyone wrote it off so quickly as just oh that's just it's a hangover clone that i don't even think it got much of a theatrical release but yeah it's uh, I think you can rent it online. It might be streaming somewhere. I will,
0: I will be watching that, Alex, because I can't believe I haven't seen that. I love everybody involved, and it's getting your stamp of approval, too. So let's check it out. I'm going to get on it. So real All quick, right, so though, i got to say
1: the the soundtrack highlight. They, there's a very uh, pivotal scene set to slide by the Goo Goo Dolls, and I've never been able to
0: listen to that song the same again. So there you go. Wow. <laughs> maybe that'll help that song for me because I'm not a huge Goo Goo Dolls fan. So maybe I'll maybe I'll have a reason to listen to them now. There you go. Okay, cool. So, it's just called Bachelorette or The Bachelorette? Bachelorette, just straight up. Bachelorette. All right, Bachelorette. That's your number three. My number three. Now, this is interesting because at the top, you mentioned Forgetting Sarah Marshall and mm-hmm. Knocked Up, I believe mm-hmm. you mentioned, right? So, I am a sucker, man, for Judd Apatow written films. Like, I just... I, it, they're too long. Almost all of them are way too fucking long. <laughs> but I just love the humor. I love the wittiness because you do get the sex, like dick jokes, but you but they're so witty and like quirky and you know it's just kind of like fast off the cuff and it's just really smart writing. I feel like as opposed to just like you know college dudes just standing there, you know, like gawking or whatever. Yeah. It's just done really well. I feel like and it's and one of my favorites that really introduced me to Judd Apatow was the Forty Year Old Virgin, which also came out the same year as Wedding Crashers, by the way, two thousand five. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm naming at my number three. So I hope that's okay, because you mentioned that at the top. But (laughs) I mean, for me, you know, Steve Carell, who obviously we love from The Office, And he went on to do many, many other things, including dramatic roles that he's gotten a lot of notoriety for, but was just cast so perfectly in the titular role of the 40-year-old virgin, Mm -hmm. of this guy that has just kind of given up because his whole life he was just failing with women, he was trying to get laid, something would happen, you know, and it just never happened for him. You know, he just had the worst luck, and he, you know, just ends up living his life as a virgin. He's working at this, like, Best Buy kind of place (laughs) with uh, these other really colorful characters in the movie, Seth rogan shows up again here a uh, very early role for seth rogan at least in movies jane lynch is in there paul rudd it's a freaking like gem and everything he's in yeah so mindy Kaling's in it okay. so it's got a lot of a lot of really good like sub characters too kat dennings plays the daughter hmm. she, she went on to, to fame as well but yeah, one of my favorite things I just want to point out and then I am going to hear what you think about this movie, but one of my favorite things is so stupid, you were talking about throwaway jokes, but I literally like quote this to this day. But they'll be they were outside like behind their work and they were like um throwing like uh, light bulbs on the ground, you know? Yeah. They were taking the trash out or whatever, and they were talking about how Steve Carell gets to work and he's like riding his bike and (laughs) Paul Rudd's like chill out man like a lot of people ride their bike and he's like yeah when they're fucking six (laughs) it's like giving him a hard time you know because he rides a bike I don't know why like it's the dumbest thing but I just crack up every time so the 40 year old virgin for me man what do you think about this one and is this one okay with your Apatow parameters yeah you okay with this
1: yeah it's you know my little disclaimer it wouldn't be me if I didn't have some weird little asterisk to put (laughs) next to me talking about movies but um sure I mean it's the most perfect use of Kevin Hart that's ever been captured on film is the 40 year old virgin oh
0: god so good man that scene is hilarious it's it, it it's so good it's like I, that's, <laughs> that's
1: one of those I I regularly revisit on uh, YouTube and just like uh, yeah. when me and my dad so we talking shit to each other for any reason we usually end it with aim high Willis aim high uh, <laughs>
0: that's right and what about yeah, there's just so many like different like one off scenes mm-hmm. that don't apply to the rest of the movie but that's one of them mm-hmm. where like that could have easily been cut and like the movie wouldn't have lost anything, you know what I mean? But it had to be in there. It was so funny between those two actors, and it, it happens again later too. When Paul Rudd is having a breakdown and they're playing Michael McDonald over and over again, <laughs> <Yeah>. he's, like, <laughs> he's like, If I hear Michael McDonald one more time, I'm gonna come over and say, Yeah, I'm gonna burn this place to the ground. <laughs> yeah, oh man, it's so good.
1: Paul Rudd, the, I mean, the whole scene too. Uh, you want to talk about throwaway lines that I it's easily the line I quote most from 40 year old virgin where he's giving his box to, uh, of porn to um, Andy. And <laughs> And then he's going through <laughs> right. the tapes. He goes, everyone loves Ra- That That's just a good show. <laughs> that, that's like, I always think of it. And like Boner Jams 03, that's anyone who, that, that's a timeless reference.
0: Man. Yeah. So good, dude. So good. So I love that movie. I've I've revisited it frequently. And I had to put an Apatow in here. And uh, that was the one that kind of introduced me to his whole thing that he had going with the writing and stuff. So that's the one I decided to go with. So That's my number three. And we're up to our runner-ups, Alex. What do you got at number two, man?
1: Number two, taking us back almost to the turn of the millennium, 2001. Um, this is kind of a, a weird one. Cause it's, it's almost a parody of the raunchy comedy, the sex comedy. And that is the uh, David Wayne directed wet, hot American summer. Oh, okay. Yeah. One of my one. favorite comedies of all time. But like I said, it, it meets my criteria for this, even though it's almost like a deconstruction of the whole sex comedy. Um, but God, you got Paul Rudd, Bradley Cooper, who has already been brought up and is also an unsung hero of th- this genre. Uh, um, Michael Showalter, who's hilarious. Um, Moreau. Uh, Marguerite Moreau is... Uh, Moreau, excuse me. She's great in this. Uh, and, I mean, you got Elizabeth Banks. Um, yep. The list goes on with this. Uh, uh, Michael Ian Black, who is a, a favorite of mine. Oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah. Uh-huh. obviously an ensemble cast. Joe Letruglio, Camarino. Uh, the style of comedy in it is not for everybody. But, you know, it's... Uh, the dialogue in this is so stupid. The, and just some of the physical comedy or just interactions there's the part in it where two of the characters just look at each other and they go secret handshake and then they just shake hands like normal people it's um yeah I, i've talked to people that love it as much as me and i've also talked to people that that whole i think it's the trio of show walter wayne and mike Lee and black they're the one that kind of wrote this that uh, that style of comedy is not for them but yeah between the you know the way the movie's presented the jokes um Shit, what's his name? The guy from CSI that's... Uh, Can't remember. I'll let you look it up. I can edit this out later. Uh, Christopher Maloney is... Oh, yeah, okay, that's right. As Gene, yep. insane. And, you know, it's a, a lot of people at that time that would have been really big, too, like Molly Shannon, just kind of pop up. But, uh, again, Paul Rudd, a staple. And um, mm-hmm. soundtrack, you have In- uh, Jane by Jefferson Starship to start it off. And then they even wrote their own song for it. Uh, "Taking Us Higher, I think, is what it's called. Um, <laughs> that's right. And if you know anything about... That- them, The the production of it. It's hilarious how low budget it was. And there's that almost shockingly graphic sex scene between Bradley Cooper and Michael Ian Black that always really takes people (laughs) aback. And just when I talk to people that review it and they reference that scene, I always uh, I find it funny. So, uh, Joel, do you do you find the style of comedy funny for a wet hot American summer? Yeah. Some people don't like the whole like some people call it anti comedy or like, you know, I don't want to call it a parody movie because some people view that as like scary movie, date movie, which that shit is not for me. But this right.
0: That's different. Yeah, yeah, this is more satirical yeah. in nature. But yeah, no, I definitely dig it. I didn't really... I wasn't a huge fan of like the Netflix revival they did a couple of years ago. Did you see that? Yeah, it was okay. It, it started straying right. way too far into the weird. Yeah, but no, typically speaking, I do enjoy that type of uh, filmmaking. But I definitely like this movie. I just haven't seen it in a long time. Mm-hmm. But Paul Rudd Paul Rudd, and Gene cut off shorts, man. You know, <laughs> can't go wrong. <laughs> so good pick, man. Wet Hot American Summer is your runner-up. My runner-up is much different and... I started this list off with Bridesmaids, which was an all-female cast that was kind of adult and they were in you know middle age of their life, they were getting married, they were having kids, some of them did have kids, like so on and so on. Well, this is a similar way of taking that genre and, and doing something new with it, but it's really the high school uh, comedy and it's book smart, which I put in my top five mm. of 2019 across all genres. I love this movie so much, man. It's it's you could fill in the blank with any like high school sex comedy, and if if you took the two main dudes in those comedies and you replaced them with Beanie Feldstein and Caitlin Dever, you get book smart and they're, like camaraderie and how they work so well together on camera as these BFFs who just want one they just want to party you know they've been focused on their grades they've been doing so well in school but they everybody else around them is partying and you know there's there's lines in the film dropped about you know everyone's giving blowjobs and like you know here they are in their room studying trying to get into college and they're just they realize like holy shit like you know high school's over like we're gonna this part of our life's gonna be over and we're not gonna have any partying you know mm-hmm. to have memories memories with or memories of so I'm sure that it befells a lot of people that are kind of like nerds or whatever you want to call it in high school yeah is they kind of go well that didn't happen for me it's over you know but these two characters just decide to just have a just fucking crazy bender Molly and Amy and they go out and just fucking tear up the town and it's really cool too because Amy's character is lesbian so you have kind of the LGBT representation which we don't see unless I'm forgetting some I mean I'm sure there's maybe a handful but we don't see a lot lot of that in these types of movies it's more like dudes chasing chicks or whatever which is fine yeah. but it's also cool to you know get other representation in these types of films too and olivia wilde her directorial debut she fucking killed this man uh she's going to be directing florence Pugh in a movie called don't worry darling coming up this year which is going to be her second feature i'm so excited for that because i love her style of filmmaking and i think she just really knows how to shoot things through that film female gaze really well mm-hmm. so yeah book book smart were you a fan of this one man this is one of my favorites of the last couple of years
1: i I only saw it once. Uh I remember really enjoying the authenticity of it's one of the closing scenes uh, forgive me for not remembering the characters' names, but the the one has like her first lesbian experience uh in the bathroom. And then Amy, yeah, doesn't she end up like getting sick and puking on the girl? Uh, yeah, yeah. It, but it's not like played for like ha ha ha. It's it's meant to, like it's I real, said, yeah, yeah. The authenticity of it is something I really appreciated. And um, yeah, I honestly, like I said, I just saw it the once. I remember that, and then I remembered the joke of when they're in the uh, Uber and they're trying to sync their music to it, but it
0: just starts playing porn really loud. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good, yeah. You know, Jason Sudeikis is in here. He has a small role as the school principal. Maya Rudolph is back again. She's in this movie. Billy Lord has a great little cameo. Will Forte. So it's a great, like, oh, comedic yeah. cast. Oh, yeah, Will Forte's
1: like uh, Amy's dad, right? That's right, Perfect. yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah, they're great, man. Lisa Kudrow, too, yeah. So there you go. So Booksmart is my number two. I felt like it would fit the brief, and I love that movie so, so much. So that's my runner-up. And we are up to our number ones, Alex. I'm excited, man. Uh, no crossover. No crossover. No. So at, least as of, at least as of yet. So let's see what you got at number one, man. What do you got?
1: You set the table, though. Like uh, It's going to be damning of me you know, talking about the proper representation that's needed, and I'm going to like one of the most phallocentric sex comedies ever made. <laughs> uh, it's okay. We are going to 2,000 for the best movie Todd Phillips has ever made, short of hated the story of Gigi allen and that is road trip uh Oh, there you go. Alright. This is a movie that a humongous part of it is a sentimental attachment I have to it, because I it's one of the movies I remember being like 14 and watching for the first time on DVD. Maybe uh, VHS at that point in time. Um, but, a couple things. It is the most perfect use of Tom Green ever. He sprinkled in this movie just very sporadically and does, it hits all the points that of things that Tom Green is good at and funny at, but only gives you it in like 30 second to 90 second interstitials, which which I appreciate. Um, it's all of the tropes of that turn of the millennium. You have the nerdy kid who ends up, you know, being a ladies' man, and DJ Qualls, who I'm, who is can live the rest of his life off of. I think his name's Kyle in this movie. Uh, oh man, it's tricky. <laughs> there you go. So good, man. So good. Brecken Meyer is the lead character who, uh, you know, as as we all do, we were unfaithful to our girlfriend and accidentally videotape it and then mail it to him. Uh, so they have to travel from. Uh, Ithaca to Austin, Texas, and also being an Austin native. I recently rewatched this. It holds up, but uh, the city of Austin looks a lot different in that movie than it does now. But you have. Mm sean william scott who i think most people would agree for his point in time was the raunchy comedy actor just being stifler and mm-hmm. then in this and a couple of other side roles he had but the plot is good you have <laughs> fucking fred ward in there just for whatever reason and his scenes are just utter chaos to the point where he pulls out a gun in the the closing of the movie um cameos from horatio sands andy dick it is definitely a movie of its time but and then the soundtrack you know you've got uh, like you mentioned you Got tricky. Um, mm-hmm. I want to rock by Twisted Sister. There is even an original song, the the Salmon Song by Tom Green. At one point, and
0: oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And then of I co- remember that. Of course, as a wrestling fan, something I always am just aghast at at this movie was at one point in time, professional wrestling was so popular in the United States that writers of a major Hollywood motion picture release put a line in a movie where someone was using Vince McMahon as an analogy to something. And it it's always been funny to me that I've been a wrestling fan my whole life that at one point in time, wrestling was big enough that that could be put in a movie and they just expected that the audience would know what they were talking about. Whereas nowadays, of course, long floating right. memory, but uh, yeah, right. it's great. Remember my first viewing um, the DVD copy. I have of it when I was in my early twenties, um, uh, my cousin who I was really close to uh, kind of unexpectedly passed away. And one of the things that uh, my aunt handed down to me was a box of his stuff. And in there was the, road trip dvd that he had and we had watched together so it's the copy of it i still have so it's a very nice he- heavy sentimental attachment but also it's really really fucking funny
0: nice i agree man this is one that was on my radar but i i needed to re-watch it to be authentic and putting it on my list but i do love this movie i just haven't seen it in a while and it got a lot of shout outs online it's a great pick i think you nailed it in terms of like they use tom green correct in this movie because he can be a little much Oh yeah, if you know if he's not kind of like spaced out a little bit. So, yeah. but yeah, great flick, man. Uh, Road trip. You're number one. I didn't see that coming though, so that's cool. You surprised me there. That's I didn't what know I live to love do. That movie. So <laughs> yeah, so what you're doing over there? Okay. Hmm. Now mine's already been mentioned a few times. Now you know I considered almost not putting it on here because I felt like it might be too obvious, but I do have a connection to this from like a nostalgia, like personal connection to this movie too. But it's got to be 1999's American Pie. Mm. And that's and that's my number one, man. I I just couldn't. get... get... Get away from naming this as my number one. Now, you and I mentioned this one over in the Twitter chat a couple weeks ago when we Mm -hmm. initially decided to do the topic. We've already mentioned it two or three times on this episode. I feel like... Whether you love this movie or the series or whatever, you have to recognize that this is a pillar of this you know genre. If it's its own genre, American Pie is definitely one of the foundation pieces. Is that fair to say? Ab- Alex? Absolutely. It's yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean it, Eugene Levy's still cashing checks from this. Oh my god, man, he's so fucking good in this. It's just Jim's dad. That's all he's credited <laughs> as in, in the movie is Jim's dad. But I mean, everybody that knows this genre of film probably knows the story because we've already kind of talked about the story in some of these other films. In fact, this is a very similar plot to Booksmart, (laughs) Mm -hmm. except you have these high school guys, um, you know, trying to get laid on prom night, trying to get laid before high school ends. They're all virgins. They're all buddies. Uh, Chris Klein is just perfect in this movie as the kind of like, you know, shy, charismatic jock. Jason Biggs is the kind of like try hard dork in the movie. Uh, Shannon Elizabeth got introduced to the world in this movie, at least to me. And bro, I had never seen, I don't know if I'd ever seen a hotter woman on screen before. I saw her in this movie. She was so hot in mm. this film, dude. And the whole, like, I mean, the zeitgeist of American Pie today, you know, 22, 23 years later, the word MILF, uh, for example, took the words is, out is, of is my an mouth. entire, is an entire, like, it, it's its own, like, world. You know, MILF, DILF, whatever. That all started with this movie and a little throwaway thing that was in the script. You know, a mom I'd like to fuck. And then here we are. You know, now there's, like, whole, like, genres of porn dedicated to that. <laughs> I was term, about to say,
1: know? Lisa Ann has, like, made her entire legacy off of that word
0: yeah there you go yeah um so you know, I just feel like its impact can't be understated. And all, on top of that, I love the movie. My little personal connection to this movie is I can remember going to see it in Greensboro. I graduated high school in 94. So I was in college when the movie came out. I had a lot of buddies that were, you know, my age that were in college with me. And I remember going to see this on opening weekend. It had a lot of buzz around. It was before social media and all that. So it was just like, you know, buzz, like word of mm. mouth type buzz. And we went to see it. And, I, you know, watching it now... It's almost hard to believe that I thought I thought how funny it was back then because I can remember I was in fucking stitches when I saw this in the theater. Uh, me and my friends were like talking about it afterwards at the bar, like we just couldn't believe how funny it was. And like I don't know, I feel like it was this generation's Animal House, which didn't come up, so I think it's fair to mention mm. that one now too as another another piece of the foundation of this genre. But I feel like it was definitely like a modernized version of, of Animal House, you know, in the 80s. It kind of added a new element, added new like modernized jokes and like you know kind of up the ante a little bit in terms of like where we were in the world in 99 but I love this movie for all the reasons I've mentioned and you were mentioning soundtracks this is another great soundtrack I don't have it in front of me but I can remember this being a killer soundtrack with a lot of great tunes on it and I love American Pie 2 as well the sequel and even, even 3 is okay I mean it's not the best but it's okay Stifler iconic absolutely you were, talk, you were talking about these side characters right I mean he's one of the most iconic side characters uh, for sure but yeah I want to hear what you think of American Pie man that's my number one
1: American Pie was a lot like uh, so I was 12 when this movie came out and it was like absolutely forbade like I can't see it and in many ways there there's that episode of the Simpsons where Bart's forbidden from seeing the Itchy and Scratchy movie and doesn't end up seeing it until he's like 45 uh and that's kind of what it felt like it just came and went and I never really saw this movie until I was an adult and bought um, a DVD copy of it like a thrift store for like two bucks and I finally watched it. And I, By that point I had known all the big beats about it. I, I knew everything that had happened. And the mm-hmm. So it was kind of like you know finally listening to a record in full that I had already heard all the songs on the radio at some point in my life. Right. But right. it was still I- exactly to your point it's for this genre that's one of the, the goalposts like that's uh, yeah, it launched all those dudes well with the exception of Chris um, Chris Klein. I mean, he he had a election to his name up at that point, but like just yeah. this. Le- he, was a,
0: he was also really good in that too. By the way, he has, he has a knack for doing that kind of like you know really like subdued, oh yeah, like chill guy. You know, very charming but not very outspoken. You know, he has a knack for pulling that off.
1: Any of the movies where he's tried to do like dramatic shit, you see why that really works for him. But yeah, like election and American <laughs> right. Pie are perfect use of him. And yeah, man, it's right like um, I, I made the joke about Jason Biggs earlier like he's not really someone who's still prolific by any means but this movie was such a game changer that all those dudes are still cashing checks off this and will be until the day they pass away and it's uh, absolutely rightfully so it, it has its place in history and it's um, that's that's a very very good pick
0: cool man well that's my one uh, I tell you what Alex we're gonna take a quick promo break and I'm gonna check the comments over here on YouTube too, see what the peeps had to say over there when we come back we'll wrap up our top fives for everyone and and give our honorable mentions. Okay, man. So sounds good. Sit tight. We'll be, we'll be right back. Hello listeners. Did you know that there is a lot more content where this episode came from? As you may know, we are an independent podcast and we rely on donations in order to keep going. Over on our Patreon site, you will find several ways to stretch your dollar. I am currently producing six exclusive series that you can only get there. They include popular ones such as My First Time, and 100 g-tunes you'll also get regular main top five episodes just like this one super early often weeks in advance for as little as one dollar you can help the show continue just visit us over at patreon.com two peas on a pod or you can check the show notes for this very episode now let's get back to the countdown All right, guys, welcome back. As I said pre-break, Alex from The Contrarians is here, first-time guest. It's been awesome discussing these raunchy sex comedies with Alex, and it was a great topic. I appreciate you pitching it to me, man. Now, why don't you go ahead and round out your top five and just let everybody know what you had? Just remind them.
1: Uh, for rounding out my top five, I had Kingpin at number five, Superbad at number four, uh, the 2012 underrated Bachelorette at number three, Wet Hot American Summer at number two, and number one was Road Trip.
0: Cool, man. Good list. My number five was Bridesmaids. My number four was Wedding Crashers. My number three was The 40-Year-Old Virgin. My number two was a very recent film, Book Smart, And my number one was American Pie, as we just discussed. Alright, man. So, I round out my top ten. I always bring five honorable mentions whenever Whenever I can, I could have had a lot more though truthfully mm-hmm. so I narrowed this down I have five here uh what about you man uh what honorables you got over there buddy
1: yeah same thing I had to cut some out there was I put in here a lot of like the the telltale ones but I really had to so when we do these things I have to remind myself this is my list so I have to make it so um mm-hmm. yep just count. Uh, start back from six? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So, picking up where you just left off. Number six, which was a hard one to cut, but it's American Pie 2. Uh, I do, oh, okay. Yeah, good one. I do have a lot of love for American Pie, but two, the plot of it is, you know, for whatever reason, it more easily uh, for me to relate to. My partying really took off in college, so watching that, it, it really uh, was easier to relate to, like oh, I said. It's a great movie.
0: Yeah. and Yeah, great movie. I love the I love the whole beach vacation vibe thing they got going. It's really good. Yeah. All
1: right. What else you got? Uh, uh, number seven there's no way i could have made this list and not include it it is the hangover uh you know feel the way you will about the hangover two or three but man i i worked at a movie theater when the hangover came out and i can tell you that movie was a cultural happening uh it, yeah it, that was the thing of a lot of people thought it should have been nominated for best picture i don't agree with that but i just remember that the hype behind that movie was so huge and it was very real uh that was also like the world really getting introduced to zach galifianakis he had already been a fairly yeah. prominent comedian for a lot of people that were paying attention but uh yeah. bradley cooper's amazing in it you got the mike tyson cameo that i absolutely love yeah and fucking tiger man yeah <laughs> absolutely it's <laughs> it, it you know it, it's easy to pick holes since what basically raveled in the raveled out in the aftermath with two and three but man the first hangover is just chef's kiss perfect
0: yeah it really is good i agree all right what, what what else you got uh number eight
1: is the goods starring Jeremy Piven Dave Keckner, Ving oh, Rames, okay. and Katherine Hahn. again a very underrated movie in my opinion uh it's just absolutely ludicrous about people that sell used cars they're like sharks that are brought into different dealerships across the country to help uh you know spike uh, sales and whatnot and you got uh, Ken Young in there um a Will Ferrell cameo James Brolin is this nasty Old pervert in it. It's there's a lot of things to really enjoy about it, and the some of the exchanges of dialogue are just wonderful. It's it's a movie I constantly recommend, and it's got the uh, 38 special caught up in you song that takes it out. Love
0: it, yeah. Such a good tune, perfect. Such a good tune. This is uh this is another one similar to. Bachelorette that you mentioned this is another one that I've heard of and I can like in my mind see images and posters and shit of it but I don't think I've ever seen it either so I'm gonna have to do a double feature or something because I, I I love those actors as well so check it out okay well what what, what else would have rounded out your 10 there uh, number nine
1: uh, I had you mentioned earlier one of the pillars if not the one that's most widely recognized as Animal House uh, obviously sure was not alive to live through it the fallout I was not alive for the whole uh, Jim Belushi thing and uh, or John Belushi excuse me and it's that's from a on screen perspective on film that's his pinnacle right there and uh, he's great in it you have to me one of the most accurately uh, most accurate portrayals of being drunk ever in a film when they're all singing Louie <laughs> Louie together I feel like that is mm. way more accurate than like falling down and all the shit you typically see in movies is just like waving yeah. side to side belting out tunes yeah. to old song. yeah it's yeah, classic man th- there's definitely
0: stuff in that movie that would not play by today's standards but it's uh, it's still very enjoyable no it really is. It really is a good watch. So it's a lot of fun. It's a time capsule, but it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. All right. And you got one more, right?
1: I do have one more. And this is kind of a twofer because it mixes two of my favorite genres, which is the raunchy comedy and the Christmas movie. And that is Bad Santa starring Billy Bob Thornton. It's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not enough of a Christmas movie for me to make my little claim that, oh, it doesn't qualify. But it's uh, Billy Bob at his like absolute best, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. he's a very underrated comedic actor. He's obviously, I mean, Sling yeah. Blade. He's an incredible. incredible. Incredible actor, but you got Bernie Mac. uh, I believe John Ritter's last performance. um, Octavia Spencer's in it, and. All of them just have tremendous lines. It it definitely tests the bounds of the word raunchy, but the adventures of Billy Bob Thornton and Thurman Merman and Christmas music accompanies it, so
0: ain't no way I could hate on that. Yeah, anytime you get to see Santa doing what he's doing in that movie, it's a good time, so (laughs) that's a good pick. I didn't think about that one for this list, but that's a great pick. All right, well, to round out my top ten, I'll just list them here. So my number six, Alex, I need your help, man. This would have been my number one, but I got super in my head, and I'm like, I don't know if this qualifies and I've talked about this movie so many times on my show and other categories that it's fallen into, but it's one of my favorite comedies of all time. So I decided to put in my honorable mentions, but it would have been Clerks, Kevin Smith. What do you think? Yeah, that's
1: definitely, it It walks the line on
0: the fence there. It's a post-sitter. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's... You're right, though. I mean, the the humor, the, mm -hmm. the, the... the like inappropriate humor or whatever you want to call it is definitely there throughout you know the script and throughout the movie and the characters are very crass and that kind of thing but i just don't know that them getting laid is really the point of clerks so i was like uh it didn't fit my personal criteria i guess i could have gotten away with it but i decided to throw it in my honorables and just you know talk about it for a minute and see what you think of it so
1: i respect that play it's my
0: six (laughs) now my number seven i know my number seven i know you don't like because you mentioned the top but it's forgetting sarah marshall it's another uh you Know, Judd Apatow helmed uh piece here. It's a great and movie. It's just yeah, my, my criteria is so it. askew, but that's a great pick. I mean, you know, you got Jason Siegel f- waving his dick around in this movie, you know, <laughs> slapping his dancing naked, slapping his dick back and forth. And uh, you know, he's basically infatuated with Sarah Marshall, which I mean we all are. I mean, come on, oh, just, yeah. uh forget it. And then you also have Mila Kunas who's who's uh divine goddess as well. She's really good in the movie. Russell Brand, who usually I'm not a big fan of, but I love him in this movie and I love him in this role. Uh Jonah Hill shows. Back up here. He has a small role in the movie. But yeah, I I just love it. I love it's in Hawaii. You know, half of it's in Hawaii. Paul Rudd's back. Yeah. I love half of it's in Hawaii and then half of it he's doing this like weird like horror musical, which I really like too, the puppet musical thing. So yeah, it's a really like intricate story, but I felt like it somewhat applied. But I don't I don't I'm not as fond of this one as I am a 40-year-old version, so that's why this one's in my honorable mentions. I think it My number eight
1: I was just oh, going to say, playing off of what you had mentioned, it's also very parallel with Road Trip in the sense that, it to me, it's the most perfect use of Russell Brand in a movie so far. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he really uh, nailed that role, for sure. It was, it's almost like he was playing himself, to a certain extent. And uh, my number eight is a movie I'm surprised it didn't come up yet, but it's uh, Van Wilder, National Lampoon's Van Wilder with Ryan Reynolds. Good one. You a fan of this one?
1: Yeah, it's uh, that, that Ryan Reynolds, like, he
0: was the runaway freight train at this point. Oh, man, he, yeah, I love how it's just Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like him, like being funny and like, cause even on Twitter, he's fucking hilarious, like mm-hmm. when he tweets out stuff, but he's just a funny dude. You know, one of my favorite, we're talking about throwaway lines, but one that just always stuck with me with this movie is when he's making out with, uh, cause you know, Terra, he has a crush on Tara Reid, and that's like, oh. you know, they're like the, the two that are cut. She's a wooden robot in it, but nevertheless. I was going to uh, say that time that capsules it,
1: like, Tara Reid being the heartthrob. <laughs> that's
0: right. That's right. But uh, anyway, he's like making out with this other chick, right? And she walks in on him and storms off, you know, and he's like, chasing after her and she's like who who was that was that a freshman and he was like hey 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 she reads at a sophomore level <laughs> I, just love, I just love that i don't know why but yeah so van wilder would be my eight my number nine would be old school all right you get these old dudes back on a college campus trying to leave you know relive the glory days uh vince vaughn again popping back up i love him another todd phillips film by the way todd phillips has got this genre on dominating
1: block. the list here
0: yeah for sure but yeah old school is was, was just a fun one because i remember it was unexpected at the time Mm. like I didn't expect you know what we were going to get and there's some actors in that movie that I just love so much Will Ferrell Vince Vaughn already mentioned Alicia Cuthbert's in there I love her she's one of my all-time crushes Mm. so yeah that'd be my number nine and then uh what do you want to say about old school go ahead I was just
1: gonna say that throwaway line something one of me and my buddies still use like in text exchange from that movie is the note that Will Ferrell leaves on the door for Mitch how he ends it I love
0: you and he just like signs (laughs) his name at the bottom (laughs) yeah I love you yeah yeah, that's good. And then uh, let's round it out, man. My my number 10 that made the cut right at the cut is Team America World Police. Oh, that is a great uh, pick. Right. Trey Parker, Matt Stone, they're comedic, just wit and genius. And I mean, come on, man. It's, it's puppets doing all this freaky sex shit and <laughs> different. Oh, it's just it is a trip. To watch Team America World Police. And it is also satirical in nature, mm-hmm. and it also has something to say, too, which I really like, which is often the case with like South Park episodes too. They kind of have these hidden mm-hmm. meanings in there. Um, so I really like when you're able to add that kind of like layer to those types of things too, where it's not just all stupid humor, you know? Yeah. There's something to it as well. So yeah, there you go. Uh so that's it, man. So Alex from the contrarians, you're the man, dude. Now, what we like to do to wrap up the episode is we like to head over to Facebook and we shout out the fans and see what they had to say. You want to do that, man? Let's do it. Let's see what they had to say over on Facebook, buddy. So I just asked everyone. I said, what are some of your favorite raunchy comedies? And let's see. So Mario, uh, patron or friend of the show, says Euro Trip, which is one that we did not mention. Are you a fan of that one? Is that the one with uh, Stacey's mom or whatever, the song in it?
1: Uh, no, it's... Which one is that? Uh, God, I can't even remember. Like Vinnie Jones is in it. We, we just did it recently on the podcast, and I can't... Um Uh, The girl who played Harriet the Spy in the Nickelodeon show back in the day. um, I can't remember her (laughs) name. I don't remember either. But Julio (laughs) loves that movie. Julio loves that movie.
0: Jared Taylor, patron and friend of the show, says he's got a couple throwbacks here. He says Blazing Saddles, Animal House, Porky's, Revenge of the Nerds, and American Pie uh you're a little bit younger than me you know all those yeah
1: i Alex? i've never been as big on porkies as other people but revenge of the nerds is a very solid pick blazing saddles that that's that's an interesting one uh the mel brooks genre i always mm-hmm. i felt were was always one of like he just deserved his own category but uh yeah m- as we talked about already animal house and american pie definitely staples yeah
0: for sure uh michael hill friend of mine and patron as well says van wilder friday wedding crashers for getting Cyril Marshall and he mentioned clerks and he also says special mention for Eurotrip for having the catchiest song. Yeah, that's why I think that's the one where
1: It's uh it's not yeah, our, I know what you're you're thinking now. It's not uh, Stacy's mom. It's Scotty doesn't know and Matt Damon's the that's guy it. that performs it. Yeah. That's
0: it. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. There was a Stacy's mom song though. There was. <laughs> and it, it is an
1: earworm. It's by the band that did yeah. uh that thing you do. It's great.
0: All right, uh let's see. Drew Hallam says American Pie, Trailer Park Boys the movie. It's <laughs> a good one. Super Trooper Wedding crashers and waiting. We didn't mention waiting, but I used to, I, I'm in the food service business and I used to be a server for many years. So that one has a special place. And Ryan Riddles again. Yeah. You like waiting?
1: Uh, yeah. It- it wasn't my favorite uh, just at the time it came out, but at the same time as that, to piggyback on the Super Troopers, Beer Fest is also fantastic. Oh, so yeah, that is a good one. Th- that would be in play as well. So,
0: yeah, these are these are all good. That is a good one. Uh, Top-level patron of the show, Dan Roski, says Blazing Saddles, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Mm-hmm. Clerks, Super Troopers, and Blockers. Oh, Blockers is the recent one with uh, John Cena. Yeah, right? that's that's a very recent I, pick. I actually like that movie. I didn't think I was going to it. I actually dug it. Yeah. Being that you're a re- wrestling fan, did you like that one yeah I'm just curious
1: yeah it's uh, you know I've, I've for the past 15 years I was used to seeing John Cena as Superman so seeing like some of the compromising positions he get in gets in in that movie that's what I found entertaining <laughs> yeah. about it I was like my, my main takeaway from that was it took the rock a while to not take himself so seriously so to see that Cena is yeah. kind of already ahead of that curve it made me happy
0: right that's the one where he like beer pongs in his ass or whatever right <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that movie I remember thinking wow this is actually kind of good so uh, I'm glad that one got a shout out I did not even think about it for this list let's see Joshua Michael over there, here's his list. He says, Road Trip, Animal House, Van Wilder, Revenge of the Nerds, 21 Jump Street, Super Troopers, and the first three police academies. All right.
1: Yeah. 21 Jump Street's a good call out. That was, God, that movie was so much fun when it came out.
0: It really was. All right. Yeah. Oh, you got a Bad Santa shout out here. Doug McCambridge from Good Times Great Movies says, this is his least favorite genre, but he would say Bad Santa. Nice. So there you go. Chris Yaney, who's actually in the YouTube chat right now as well, so I'll see if he has anything else to say. But he says, South Park, bigger, longer, and uncomfortable. Cut Team America World Police. There you go. Mm-hmm. And Ted. So Ted is a good one. That's the Teddy Bear Mark Wahlberg uh, comedy, right? Or am I thinking of something different? No,
1: that's correct. I. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, anyone that's ever listened to our podcast knows I don't really enjoy acknowledging Seth MacFarlane's existence. So
0: y'all <laughs> can right, keep okay. that one. <laughs> Yikes! Sorry, I did. Sorry, I'd forgotten that. I guess. <laughs> Let's see what uh, what else we got. I want to see if there's any we haven't quite mentioned yet. So give me one second. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amanda Inman, uh, friend, a longtime friend and, and collaborator of mine, has an all-female list here. She's got Booksmart, Bridesmaids, Rough Night, and The Heat. With oh, Sandy the heat B. is
1: good. I forgot all about that movie. That's a good
0: call. Yeah, man. Uh Pete from Paul says the Herald and Kumar films. Absolutely. He also says Yeah, he also says Hot Tub Time Machine and Plan B. I don't know if I know Plan B. Which one's that? Do you know that one?
1: I, I'm not familiar with it either, but Hot Tub Time Machine is a great call out. Yeah, that's a good one.
0: Dan Truly, patron of the show, says Sex Drive, the to do list, and Hot Tub Time Machine. You mentioned Sex Drive earlier. I don't think I've seen that one, to be honest.
1: Sex Drive is phenomenal. It's uh I don't remember the gentleman who played the lead, but it was, I think, 2000 2009, Clark Duke is the really crass best friend in it. James Marsden plays the brother, okay. like this super macho brother of the main character. And yeah, it's it's definitely worth seeking out.
0: Okay. And then to wrap up, a uh, patron in friend of the show, Joey Austin, says Bachelor Party, which I assume he means a Tom Hanks 80s film. Classic. And then he also... He also says he's going to go ahead and mention the Big Lebowski. There's not a lot of sex and nudity, but they do say the F word 292 times. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it's a nice little trivia there, I guess. That's good. Alex, I, this was a lot of fun, man. I really appreciate you coming up with this topic, and you've actually given me some homework. I'm going to probably watch a movie tonight, and I might message you over Twitter because I think I might try to find Bachelorette. Hell yeah. I love those I love those actresses. I think I might give that a watch like in the very, very near future and rank it for my June rankings because I've never seen it. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about The Contrarians, man. You know, your buddy Julio has been on and this is your first time, as I said, and I hope you come back real soon, but just tell them a little bit about your show and where they can look you guys up, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Julio and myself comprise The Contrarians. We like to say we're right and you're wrong. What we do on The Contrarians is uh, rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Uh, Julio and I worked together for many years and we'd talk about how flawed the Rotten Tomatoes system is. So eventually one day we just had enough of it and started recording us talking about it. So uh, we find a movie on Rotten Tomatoes that is highly rated. usually those certified fresh movies and we make a case for maybe why it's a bit overrated maybe some of the things the critics overstated about it maybe the things they overlook uh, you know maybe why it just should be taken down a peg or two and then conversely we'll find movies on Rotten Tomatoes usually about 30% and below those nasty green splotches known as Rotten make a case for those films positive merits and maybe some of the things that people uh, overlook and didn't give it enough credit for and uh, that always comprises the first portion of our podcast known as Contrarian's Corner in the second half of the podcast we go to real talk whereas we always break down exactly how we actually feel about the movie Uh, Mm -hmm. basically the mission statement is to prove that art is subjective and you can be over the moon or you can be critical of anything if you really work hard enough at it but uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of it has been finding out that you know some movies that are really highly rated in Rotten Tomatoes really aren't that good and you know conversely there's like our uh, one we always go to the Topher Grace movie from 2011 Take Me Home Tonight which is like 11% that is a perfectly fine movie that
0: for whatever reason critics hate Julio, and, me, Julio mentioned that movie actually when he came on my show. We did, um, <laughs> we did, uh, we did top five. Uh, I think it was good bad movies or something like that. Okay, I, something to that effect, and or movies that were so bad they were good or something. And he mentioned it in his top five. And I've seen it. I thought it was pretty good too. I was surprised it was eleven percent.
1: Yeah, that's the whole thing with Rotten Tomatoes, especially now. The, the further and further we get into it, and movies start using using it for their marketing material. It's there's unfortunately just a lot of people that don't really understand what that system is. It's just people saying it's just like an out um an amalgamation of reviews and just like it's a yeah it's an average. So anyway, that's what we do. Uh we are the contrarians.com is where you can find us on our website. Uh Contrarian Prime at Contrarian Prime on Twitter, at Contrarian Prime on Instagram, Facebook.com forward slash Contrarian Prime, and any site that you get your podcast from, the Contrarians and myself, I talk about movies, but it's usually in between a lot of tweets about professional wrestling and food. That's uh <laughs> at Contrarian Alex on Twitter. Uh so I think, sure. I think that covers it, man.
0: Sure, man. I'll put all the information down in the show notes for all the listeners too. If you guys want to check out Alex and Julio, please do that. They have a really cool show over there, and it's it's a cool concept. And Rotten Tomatoes is, I mean, it's becoming a thing. So mm-hmm. they really they really tackle it, which I appreciate when I listen to that show. So give them a look, guys. Uh, Alex, I appreciate you being here, man. And hopefully, I'll get to talk to you on the podcast again soon. Okay, brother. Thank you so much for
1: having me. This was a good time. Much appreciated. All right, man. No problem.
0: All right, guys. I will see you guys next week. We will be back with another top five and another pee on the pod. Everybody, take. take. Take care.